electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner from Post 9 Front and Center this hour, the real state of tech after one big hit, one big miss, and now more critical earnings on the way in just a few hours' time. We'll debate what continues to be at stake for this market with the Investment Committee. Joining me for the hour today, Bryn Talkington, Joe Terranova, Pete Najarian, the co-founder of MarketRebellion.com. Last but certainly not least, CNBC's Jim Cramer. He's the host of Mad Money, and we're so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. And I'm so glad to be next to you. Yeah, you this, know, this, this is great. This in-person stuff reminds me of what it used to be. Yep, like. that's it's exactly great. right. There's your picture of the market right now. Uh, Dow trying to accelerate a little bit. Good for uh, 285. S&P is up a little more than three-quarters of 1%. That's a gain of 33 points, retaking 4,200. Been a key level. NASDAQ up one-half of 1%, 279 is the yield on the 10. All right, Jim, so... Alphabet, Microsoft out of the way, and we'll talk about those in a second, but just give me your feeling on the market right now. As I said, Dow's up 300. Does it feel like we're about to take off into something? Well, uh, my friend Larry Williams, who's one of the great historians of this market, saying that this was, this is the wave. It starts here, goes back up. He said that I did it a month ago, so it's got that going for it. Against that, uh, did some work with Carly Garner, one of my famous technicians last night. You know, the Nasdaq 100 rallied 7,000 points from uh, the bottom in 2009 to, to 2020. So it took that long. It's a long time, right? This time it covered 10,000 points in just two years. And mm. I think a lot of this Nasdaq 100, you know, this is full attack. And I think there's a feeling you don't necessarily get a speeding ticket if you're of the market. But there is a feeling that we haven't given up all that we could still give up in terms of the NASDAQ. And the money does seem to be going towards some more traditional companies. See, so I was, I was going to say, do we breathe a sigh of relief because of what Microsoft delivered? Or are we still walking on eggshells ahead of Apple? Because, you know, if that's a disappointment and you say this, no, it's not cut and dry that it's going to be a home run. No, it's not. So the think, odds are rising that it might not be. What did you say, 30, 40 percent I mean, or something like that? On yeah, Twitter? Well, look, here's, yes, I mean. China is a real question mark. People are not buying. I mean, we learned that. They're not getting an Amazon package with the 13 Pro. Uh, but then again, Mike Siebert this morning, CEO of T-Mobile, said, look, it's still the best way to get customers. But then again, we have Europe weakening. We learned that from Ruth Porat last night. By the way, I like the Alphabet quarter because it was really just one part that was bad. I've been looking at Google Cloud to be good and search being good. Uh, but I come back and say that Netflix was this ruinous moment. Mm. It was... It was the crevasse that was too much for this market. I'll tell you what, Bryn, you know what jumped out to me in your note today, and I want you to expand on it. You say that the FANG generals are being taken out one by one. FANG is an acronym, and this is going to be, you know, this is going to hit. No, I said it's over too. I said it's over. FANG is an acronym is dead. Expand, please. Well, I think it was a clever acronym that I think someone at Goldman created or whoever. (laughs) But I Jim think Kramer Facebook. Did. Jim oh, Cramer did. Jim Cramer did. The man oh, writes my left. That's why I said okay, it well, the so, way I did. So, so as Jim likes to say, there's always a bull market somewhere. I just don't think that bull market's going to be in that acronym. And so I think, you know, Facebook, right. 
is a general that got taken down. And I think it got taken down because of Apple's privacy, which I think is wonderful overall, but not wonderful for Facebook shareholders. You know, Netflix got taken out, you know, for, for their own idiosyncratic reasons. And so I think what you have left with is Google, Apple, and Microsoft. I think as Microsoft showed us yesterday, you know, they continue to deliver on Azure, on LinkedIn, on even on games, which had huge year over year, I think hurdles because of, of how much growth they saw. And what's nice today is at least for the time being is to see the market recognize good numbers and actually have Microsoft trade up. And so I think that, you know, over the next few years, that there's going to be a new group of names. And I do think that you're going to have some older school names um, that, that do better than the tr traditional fang names that uh, Jim appropriately named so well. Let's let's um, <laughs> let's, let's go to the next. It's very uh, fine, but it is dead. Thanks, Jim. Let's go to the next uh, investment committee member. I'm calling Joey Negative. Uh, that's Joe Terranova because he says don't believe the hype. Those are my words, not his. But he is short the Nasdaq and S&P futures. So that's a new move for you, Joe, and expresses a point of view on where this market may be heading. Yeah, well, I mean, do you realize how long I actually am in my portfolio of equity names? I'm, full, I'm fully invested. So we had a dramatic reversal on Friday. We had a recovery attempt on Monday. We failed. On Friday, I sold some S&P futures. On the failure on Monday, Tuesday morning, I sold some NASDAQ futures. You have to do that to protect against risk. I like what we're hearing from earnings. I'm not getting out of Microsoft. I'm not getting out of Alphabet or Amazon or Apple. I'm holding on to these names and I'm holding on to everything that I have in my portfolio. I think those are the names that are going to have the V-shaped recovery. But let me ask you something, Scott. The dollar's at a five-year high. What's the message yeah. there? What's the message to the Federal Reserve in earnings? You know what? Jim knows this. The economy is on fire and the Federal Reserve is way behind. And until the Federal Reserve catches up, the market is going to walk on eggshells. Well, I just feel like, Jim, that the dollar is, in some respects, on fire versus, let's say, the euro, which is at a five-year. The euro is at a five-year low versus the dollar. That, that says that there's real concern about Europe weakening. Um, Joe says our economy's on fire. That's an interesting way to put it. And I'm not 100% I'm not so certain sure you anymore. would agree with that. I think that if you go on the DR Horton call, the largest home builder, you can tell that everyone's just waiting for that moment. The, the housing's good, but it was mostly because people locked in their mortgage. Uh, the mortgage rates are just incredibly high now versus where they were two years ago. And that will hurt housing. Even DR Horton's going to tell you that. Only because rents are so high, the numbers haven't fallen apart. I know Mary Barr was talking about uh, doing a lot of EVs, but on the call, all the questions were about demand destruction and isn't it over. Uh, there's too many things that could just be pushed right over because it's all like copper could be, rice could be. And when I come back and I say the whole complex, with the exception of oil because of geopolitical concerns, mm -hmm. the whole complex could come down. Why? Because we're going to tick down. See, so Joe, I mean, how do you respond to that, right? And if, if you know, Jim Labenthal was sitting here, he would be telling us how great the economy is, how great this is. Look at the airlines, they're all full, the hotels are full. Does that tell the real story though, Joe? I don't know if the economy is actually on, as on fire as you suggest. I think the economy's in fire and it's on fire in a bad way. It's on fire in a way that we need, uh, we, we need the water to cool it down. I think that's the problem. People are not having any regard what they're paying for a hotel room or a flight or the price 
of a, a, a tank of, of gas. Jim talked about real estate, residential real estate. I, I, Scott, you and I have spoken privately about this. I've been waiting for the last six months for residential real estate to correct. When's it going to correct? I understand there's limited supply, but the price right now in a lot of, of urban cities in the when? It's going to correct when the Fed starts unloading the mortgage-backed securities it was buying, and that may be the thing that tips the housing market into a place that you're 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 trying to exactly you know, talk about. Yeah, but that's why D.R. Horton sells it five, four times earnings. We all expect it. The, the analysts expect that it. it's going to happen. It's going to turn out, Joe. That's going to turn out to be twenty times earnings. But the, Jim, and, but the Jim, that's, Jim, that's, Jim, that's the stock market. Jim, that's the, the stock well, market. I'm not trading The economy houses. and the stock market are two different things. The economy and the stock market are two totally different things right now. I'm talking about the economy. The, other. the economy. The, the economy is where the disregard for pricing is currently in play, and that, that speculative fever has to be tempered, and the Federal Reserve is not aggressive enough in doing that. Well, I agree. I, I want Bullard. Bullard's my guy. Yeah. 75. No, 70. I want 75. I know you want 75. I want 75, 75, 50. Well, what happens if you got 50 and then an intermediate move between the two? Perfect. I, I mean, want that would accomplish, but that would accomplish what you want. The market goes up. Dejarian, does the market go up on heavy uh-huh. on, on two two raises? <laughs> I got to hear for you, man. Sure. Come on, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, Jim. Good to hear you as well. <laughs> I keep thinking, yes. look, it's Thursday's yeah. the draft. I look at you. I still want to take you first round. Hey, I appreciate you have to trade that, Jim. Up to get I think Pete. you guys should. You have to trade up. You know to get what? You Pete. know what Jim's going to have to do. Your Eagles are going to have to package that 15th and 18th pick, get Debo Samuel, and then you've got yourself a receiver, and you guys are going to be doing really, really well this coming year. That's well, what you need I know to do. that we're thinking about a wide receiver, but yeah, I hear you. But Pete, you know, look, Pete, you, this you isn't and I both NFL know this market's anticipating some. I look, Joe's right. <laughs> But, Pete, when did the market actually like it? These had, I mean, last night, Jack Hartung on the Chipotle call, he's the CFO, he said, look, this is the worst inflation I've ever seen. Now, you say food doesn't, you know, doesn't, uh, can't be controlled by the Fed. Everything can, can be controlled by the Fed because we'll stop going out. Pete? That's true. That, that's true. Uh, that, that is true. I mean, uh, you know what? And I th- sometimes I get a little caught up also, Jim, and I know you know this as well, but everybody says that all these airplanes are completely packed. They were packed, but I think you're starting to see people say, you know what, these are costing too much. You're going to see a little bit less. And, oh, by the way, they cut back on the number of flights. So let's not forget about that. I mean, that's something that everybody seems to be completely lost about is, hey, look, when there used to be 10 flights from New York to to Minneapolis, now there's five, now there's six, whatever it is. So some of these numbers, they look great, but, you know, I, I really do wonder. And... When you've got those prices, yes, people will go down to Disney. They want to go there or wherever they're going to go. They want to take a flight. But how many will come after that? Will they continue to pay those absorbent amounts of money to do that? The answer is no. They'll pull back, just like you're talking about, Jim. Yeah. Walk us up then to what is the next pressure point. And I say that as like Facebook and Meta reporting I think well, Facebook, after the bell. Mark Zuckerberg is working on the Omniverse. I'd like him to work on Instagram. Because his TikTok is so powerful. Look, he I, needs to stay in this universe with his stock price, which is down 53.5% from the 52 week high. Yeah, right? Forget I, mean, the I metaverse. think there's more of a. He needs to get a little more in touch with like, what's happening in the real world here. Look, what would be to me is, is that initially there are people who say, I got to get out of Newcore, I got to get out of Freeport, I got to get out of DR, I got to get out of anything that I'm in 
that has any economic sensitivity. And I would tell you that that's when you would have to buy some of it because those stocks can correct and then you, they represent value. Look, there's just so many stocks that got created, and I say stocks, not companies, that got created that have to get wiped out. And that's what has to happen. I mean, look, I'm not going to pick on any single company, but I mean, any company that allowed me to rent a suit while I went on a plane that flew <laughs> over traffic and then took me to Philadelphia so that I could have some suite, nothing, nothing. Those, those have to go. Pete, you own Facebook. Um, how concerned are you, given what they delivered last quarter, was like a yeah. pile of rocks. So what happens now? <laughs> it was a pile of something. I mean, it was absolutely awful. Everything I that, tried that to Zuckerberg be kind did, on they television, their... Pete. <laughs> I, I know. Me too. Me too. I kept it clean. But no, the reality is this. He took his eye off the ball. And that was the biggest yes. frustration I think all of us had with Facebook. Yes. Because he concentrated on the meta. The problem with that, it wouldn't have been a problem had he given us that they were absolutely focused, dead, dead focused still on Instagram and Facebook and all of the other parts of what Facebook really is still. Now they're working on the metaverse. It's okay that they take $10 billion and throw it at the metaverse. I'm okay with that. They still have incredible cash flow. They still come away at the end of it with all their spend with about 30 billion in free cash flow that's still sitting there. So I'm not so worried about that. What I was worried about last quarter was they took their eye off the ball. If they are continuing to watch the ball now and they're able to do that with Instagram and with Facebook and all the different entities that they've got, then I think we can see a little bit of growth still happening. Not you know, the, the biggest problem with Netflix was what? They didn't, they didn't keep up with their subs. They took their eye off yep. the ball. That's exactly what's happening, yep. I think, last quarter with Facebook. They better not do it this quarter because this is very, very painful. That being said, I am positioned by having puts to the downside, selling upside calls, and giving myself a little bit of room because of the way the options are trading. And by the way, the premiums are outrageous. So uh, it makes it a little bit easier for me to pull the trigger and sell an upside call against a very long-term hold that I've had in Facebook. Or right, so, you know, four o'clock, yeah. we're going to we're going to get that. And then tomorrow is the, the big day. And in all seriousness, I mean, what do you think is really riding? What are the stakes for this Apple report tomorrow for the overall market? I think they're big. I think that we got to get this advanced decline line better. because so many stocks are still going down. But, you know, come back to that idea that we covered 10,000 points in two years. If we just use the usual trend line, well, we would be not at 13,000. We'd be at 8,000. So I think that there could be a still one more rollover. The where there's not a big rollover, by the way, with the exception of Boeing, is when you look at the actual Dow, you got 3M, not good. You got you got Boeing up, absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. But you know what? This is a group of very good companies. Express had a great quarter. Verizon was this, probably the worst of these. I'm waiting for Disney to make a turn. But, you know, this is the group. They've got 30 stocks that I like, of which very few are NASDAQ. And that's what I'm saying is we're going to revert to. Companies that make things and do stuff. Do right? stuff are we back and to that? return some of the capital to the shareholders. So let, let's, let's go where you uh, were going to take us a, a moment ago, and that's this Boeing uh, horror show. I mean, let's oh. just call it what it is, right? Last I checked, the stock was down 10%. Right. Well, maybe I, it's come off that. Let's throw up shares of BA if we can. I am throwing up please. shares. Um, you, you said, <laughs> and, and I'm going to read some of your quotes, Jim. Here's Boeing. It's come off the lows, but it's still... It's still an ugly day. Uh, it's on the verge of being a third-rate, pitiful, helpless giant. 
What the heck was I thinking holding on to this? Well, I sold, I, mean, two, I sold two thirds of it. I kept the third. I did a little piece for, uh, for my morning meeting about lessons learned. Get rid of the tag ends. But what concerns me about Boeing is, uh, and we just heard Pete talk about it, this may be some of the worst execution I've ever seen. I mean, there's always something. Remember that Rosanna Dennett? There's always something. Today, when you speak to Calhoun, what was the problem? Well, it turns out that the um, Air Force One was the problem. Air Force One. I mean, the, Air Force One. I mean, you know, wasn't that Trump? I mean, there's always a problem. How about like China? They sent one plane over there. It's like China. It's like, oh, they, they don't need planes necessarily. I mean, are you you're saying that Calhoun is going on the wall of shame? I mean, it's early in the year, but it's early it sounds career. like you're describing it's early that. His career. Um, wow. I mean, I, but that's what you no, basically no, described. I, you said it's such horrible uh, execution. Wheels. You know, wheels of justice are turning quickly. Well, you know what? I wanted to hear when I saw the Boeing uh, quarter and I saw your comments, I really wanted to hear from Jim Labenthal for obvious reasons, because he has been a huge supporter of this stock. He has defended it at every step of the way. So don't worry, China. Can we get him on the phone phone. He said China is going to recertify the the max, going to get it back in the air. That's the big thing. That's what I'm waiting for. That's why I continue to hold on to the stock. Well, Farmer Jim, what do you think now? Well, I heard you guys talking about Facebook as delivering a pile of rocks, and I'm not going to qualify this as a pile of rocks because I don't want to be insulting the rocks. Um, this is a terrible report. Um, this is a terrible report, and you know, however much egg I can fit on my face, I've got to have on my face. Um, you got like a Western here. omelet all over you right now. Hold the cheese. Yeah, I happen to be in Denver, Colorado, so maybe that makes it feel a little bit better, but it doesn't. <laughs> Look, this is, Jimmy was saying it, okay? This is management. This is just, the, the frankly, the worst execution I've ever seen in my life. Wow. This is worse than Intel. All right, this so, is worse than cow. anything I've seen. Okay, but I want and you to I tell us then, what I, don't I want you to tell us then is, what you're doing with the stock, right? That's what it matters most to me and our viewers. You can, okay. you know, say it was the worst, this, that, and the other thing, and, and, yep. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get it. What are you doing with the shares? Okay. I'm staying with it, and here is why. It's really simple. If you look at those airline reports, the airlines are going gangbusters, and this is before international travel has really come back, which it's showing signs of. The bottom line is this. Planes are needed. All right? The 737 MAX is shipping. The 787 is a problem, and I'm going to be blunt. Mm-hmm. Calhoun has to go. I mean, he, there's no, like, and Jimmy, I think I listened to you this morning, and I think you said something like, he needs a W. He's done. This is an F. This is an F minus. You're pulling he needs to You're go. pulling him. Yeah. There's no, there's no more runway left. Um, and the board is culpable here. I don't understand why they're waiting. I mean, what, like, what more do you need? Calhoun's head on a platter would, frankly, probably satisfy the FAA and get the 787 delivered again. Um, 737 MAX in China should happen. I mean, that plane crash a month ago set things back, but it's looking very clear that wasn't Boeing's fault. They did ship one plane, as Jimmy pointed out. There should be more going soon. But the bottom line is this. You need planes. And there's only two manufacturers, and Airbus is sold out. That's why I'm sticking with it. I've got to put the emotion aside, and I've got to make the, the intellectual decision. I'm staying with it. But you still want to put his head on a platter. I mean, bring me the head of I, Fredo Garcia. <laughs> special moment. I, I mean, uh, you know what, Jim? I, you, you're, you're right. Farmer, Farmer Jim's right. I mean, this may be a, a this right may to be stay a with the stock. Shame. This may be a wolf shame situation. But I mean, I, if I but, but about the stock though, if, if you can tell me, you know, a thousand reasons why this was a horrible quarter, 
why he's not an executor, but you're going to tell me you're going to stay with the stock because they have a duopoly? You know, so what? There's McDonald's and Burger King and nobody else. Facebook, nobody gonna Facebook you're going to go to one of them. I know, but Facebook essentially has a duopoly. That stock was down 53%. doesn't mean anything. Well, the stock, you can't, if they can't pull Zucker. I mean, he's got to get back in. Mean, no, Facebook built a great business. Uh, Calhoun is part of the downfall of a great business. You know, like my kid, you guys, hey, Forms, you remember like the, the, net, the documentary about Boeing? I mean, yeah, it's like... Course. Anyone involved with Boeing should have been let go after that documentary. Anyone. Wow. We got to, uh, we got to bounce, Jimmy. I, I forget to farm Jim. fired up. Far, I know he's got you fired up. In. I know. That was good. Does Bryn think he should? Well, you fired everybody up, and then Jim was all <laughs> fired up because you were fired up. Well, now, I, believe me, after listening to this, Calhoun's probably fired up. <laughs> he based did, on, based he on what you guys compared, said. He compared it to Intel. Oh, my God. You're talking about benchmark, benchmark of pain. Well, it is, I mean, if Calhoun, if Calhoun was making like $170 million this year, it would be compared to Intel. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think that's right. <laughs> You're talking about Ben Simmons territory. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. Um, we have some big moves that Jim Cramer's Charitable Trust has been making lately. We're going to go through all of them for you. Uh, we're going to get you ready for Ford. Jim loves Ford, I think. He likes yes, Farley, right? Yes! PayPal, Qualcomm, all coming down to Pike. Halftime's back in two. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Visit odfl.com to learn more. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close? or travel somewhere far away. At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. All right, we're trying to put something together here, as you see in, in the market. We are higher right now in the Dow by yeah. 358. Nasdaq's looking pretty field. good. Texas Instruments was down six. It's now up. That's a big move. Yes, it and is. What was once a bellwether stock, right? I think so. You're, it's talk, in everything. All China. Uh, people do not listen to the calls. They sell the stock on the headlines, and that's a mistake. Uh, and I think the Texas Instruments shows you actual strength, not weakness. Autos, industrials, consumer oh God, products. Industrial. I mean, it's and across the whole spectrum, right? Is amazing. So let's talk about some of these moves that your trust has been making. Sure. I find a lot of them uh, interesting. You're, so you're, yesterday you bought 50 shares of Disney. Um, the yeah, and one people understand. Stocks in the penalty box, right, obviously. Understand, uh, please, that you know this is a couple million dollar trust. So it's not you know, we're not buying 50, meaning nothing. Uh, Disney's in free fall. Uh, I felt that to buy this iconic franchise here, but I bought it higher, uh, made a lot of sense. I think that there is uh, a belief uh, that everything related to entertainment is bad. This company has both outside and inside. But let's remember, the reason why this company's where it is is because they spent $71 billion buying Fox. And probably about you know, $35 billion was Goodwill, probably another 15 It's not Disney+. Plus. It's the wrong narrative. And I say they're going to get past Because well, that's been dominating Fox. the narrative. That's been dominating the narrative, and it's wrong. The narrative is, is that someone bought Fox and paid way too much, and that, that person's not with it anymore. And I think that we got to give Chapek a chance here. Let's give Chapek a chance. I'm not kidding. Hey, Pete, he's, what, he's smart. What do you think of Disney at 116? I mean, you, what would you buy? Like right around? Oh, I, I, put, it, no, I put it all over the place. I don't want to. All is, over is, the place. Is Pete in it? Pete, are you in Disney? Yes, I 
I am. I, I am. Yeah, I'm not I in it just because of the street. And I'm not in it just because of the streaming, Scott. And I think that's what's caught up. Uh, and I think Jim would probably agree with this. It got caught up in this whole thing with Netflix, with streaming, and absolutely got hammered along with Netflix. But it's a lot bigger company than just the streaming side of it. That was something that they needed to do. They've done it. They don't have great pricing power, in my opinion. They are very inexpensive, and they need to have that work a different way where they can get a little bit more profitable there. But on top of that, they've got everything that they've got, the studios and the parks and the, and the cruise ships, all of those different entities that they've got. And I think that they can capitalize on that. But everybody right now is focusing only on the streaming. And because of that, that's right down there with Netflix right now. Okay, so I, that is such a great analysis. I, I really think that Pete nailed this, and I want people to listen very closely to what he said, which is do not get caught up in Disney+. Plus. This is a real company doing real things, and we can't even get in the theme park because the line's too long and the place is sold out. So Disney's a fourth worst Dow stock year-to-date. Wow. The worst, you know what the worst is? I know you know. The worst is Salesforce. Which well, I mean, you're you know, buying more what also, am I though. Do? I own, but you're buying see, more I'll also. Tell you, there's an issue, and I think all of us suffer from it. I mean, I've owned Salesforce. I don't know. I've been doing this travel trust for 17 years. I mean, I, I bought my first buy of Salesforce was like at eight. Yeah. And you know, then trade around a little. But I don't. I'm not in the business of running a hedge fund. And yes, Salesforce. I bought more, waited for it to come down. Had sold some, you know, hard. But we have to understand that not everybody is going to just trade. And should I have bought out of Salesforce and, and bought it back, Scott? Of course, but that's no, not but the definition of what I'm trying of, to do. Of course, but but I, I really want to know more than anything else the fact that do you think that the worst is over because you're buying more now? Well, uh, I would that's say what I'm trying to get at. if it's a 2016 period, which was really awful, then it is over. Uh, did Brett Taylor spend, co-CEO, spend all his time at Twitter? And Mark was in Japan last night. I was in Japan over the weekend, Mark, Mark Benioff. I, I think that the stock reflects, uh, could it be down 20 more points? Yes, I'll buy it, though. This is a great company, and we can't all focus on tomorrow because I've made so much money. I gave away $570,000 last year, and that was because I didn't focus on tomorrow. That's good advice, right? Get rich carefully. Carefully. That's the book. That's the book. All right, from pre-market bulletins to post-earnings rundowns, you can get exclusive insights from Jim. Follow every move that he makes for Thank his you. charitable trust. Be a member of the CNBC Investing Club. It's invaluable. Go to cnbc.com slash join the club to sign up or point your cell phone camera at the QR code on the screen. You'll get all of the kinds of things that Jim just talked about that he doesn't talk about on TV every day. Exactly right. Thank Stay you. with us. Pete's latest unusual activity trades next. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. B2B selling is tougher than ever, and we feel your pain. 
If you're struggling to close deals, consider giving LinkedIn Sales Navigator a shot. This sales intelligence platform helps professionals like you engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator also guides you in targeting the right buyers, highlights key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and uncovers hidden hot prospects so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash halftime report. That is linkedin.com slash halftime report for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash halftime report and get started. I'm Bertha Coombs, and here's what's happening at this hour in your news update. President Biden spoke at today's funeral for Madeleine Albright at the National Cathedral in Washington. He called her a truly proud American who was an incredible and comparable ally. Also paying tribute to the first woman to lead the State Department, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Earlier, Biden met at the White House with the family of Trevor Reed, the former U.S. Marine released by Russia today in a prisoner swap. We've learned that Biden commuted the 20-year sentence of a convicted Russian drug trafficker, clearing the way for the exchange. Russian President Vladimir Putin told lawmakers today there will be what he called a, quote, lightning-fast response if anyone tries to intervene in Ukraine and create, in his words, an unacceptable strategic threat to Russia. And a federal judge is rejecting Elon Musk's attempt to void his 2018 SEC agreement that requires his tweets to be pre-approved by a Tesla lawyer. The judge also denied Musk's motion to throw out subpoenas over possible violations of that settlement. It stemmed from a Musk tweet that year saying he had secured funding to take Tesla private when there had only been preliminary discussions about money. Guys, I wonder whether that applies to his tweets about Twitter. Hmm. Well, he has the funding secured, so it's moot. He's I guess SpaceX so. Today. <laughs> Doing SpaceX. Bertha Coombs, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. All right, I it's not. It's I love him. Okay. Unusual activity, Pete. What do you have? I'm going to start off with Nokia. And yes, Nokia still does exist. As a matter of fact, they've got earnings tomorrow morning, Scott. In front of those earnings, we've got a buyer of 5,000 of the May 5 calls. Stock was trading a little bit over $5, 5.07 at the time. For 27 cents, they bought these May 5 calls. I thought that was pretty interesting going right in front of the earnings itself. Next, I've got energy for you, XLE. So the energy ETF, if you look at that, 43% of that ETF is made up of Exxon and Chevron. So that's a lot of what you're getting. On top of that, you get a lot of those beta energy names as well. But with it trading right around 74, we had a huge buyer, 8,000 of the July 85 calls, looking for this thing, buying a little bit of time and looking for that upside move, about a dollar and a quarter. What makes this very interesting is that buyer, it happened in one single print. So that's a pretty big trade. Interesting to see that. Next, I've got Valero sticking with energy. And Valero, this is another one of these names within the energy space. We talk about it a lot of the time. This was trading about a 107. What they did, Scott, was they actually rolled some calls. They sold calls that were working very well, the 110 calls, and they're actually buying the June 125 calls. They bought 
8,200 of those calls, those calls are going for about $1.50. I'm in all of these positions, and I'm expecting to see, especially with Nokia, that's tomorrow, so we'll be finding out pretty quick. You know, people are thinking Nokia might actually have the, uh, the first good quarter in ages. I mean, I'm getting this from industry people. Yeah. The, I think, it, Pete, let me, let me ask you, isn't $5 a great call <laughs> option in itself? Oh, yeah, that, that is. It's a call that never expires, Jim, unless they go completely tank. But, yeah, so, but these yeah. are very inexpensive options as well, 27 cents. So they got a shot if this thing can actually perform and get a nice earnings number. Uh, I like the risk word of that, Pete, very much. Hey, let me ask you real quick about energy. So if other things in the market are falling because of concerns of a slowdown, if the only thing, only thing, keeping oil from falling is geopolitical, if there's resolution on the geopolitical front, is oil and oil stocks, energy-related stocks, are they at, suddenly at risk like everything else? There's would be? two kinds of, of oil stocks. They're the ones that are returning capital at an aggressive level, and that's, that's really led by uh, Devon. Rick Moncrief he created this new method of the variable dividend. As long as you're north of 75, you're going to be able to get a 7 8% yield. And then there are the ones that I think are just pure momentum. Uh, and you have to be careful because there's not that many momentum ones. Uh, but I, you could argue actually that Exxon, believe it or not, is momentum. Uh, Chevron reports Friday. They both mm. report. Chevron is up a huge amount, but uh, Mike Worth, the CEO, has indicated that he will buy every share possible. So I think that there's a. Do I, all right, this is going to one day haunt me, but I think there's a secular <laughs> case to be made for oil in a world where geopolitical tensions aren't going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Devon, you did buy 150 shares of Devon yesterday for the charitable trust. We bought more because I like that yield 7 8%. Seven, and uh, Halliburton on Monday. All right, oh, my it. God, Halliburton, let me tell you, that's the one that doesn't have the dividend. But they reported an amazing quarter. Everybody has to Everybody has to raise their numbers. There was somebody who raised price target to 50 today. This is Halliburton's, this is Halliburton's time. This. And it's been up a lot already, but this All is right. their time. So if you're excited about, or if you think Jim's excited about the way he talks about Halliburton, wait until we talk about Ford. And Jim Farley. PayPal, Qualcomm also after the bell. We're going to look ahead to those and get the trades ahead of the results. Dow's up nearly 400. NASDAQ's up nearly 179. Here we go. 1.5%. Got a little something working. We're back after this. Welcome back to the Halftime Report. I'm Dominic Chu. Stocks are making a run back towards the upper end of today's trading range. You can see here the Dow Industrial is up by 1%. The S&P 1.5% as well. The Russell 2000 small cap, though, lagging up by about one half of 1%. Sector-wise, you can see a nice move higher for most of them, except comm services, only down about 1% at this point. Check out, though, what's happening with the action in a couple of key stocks out here in the market. If you look right here, shares of Chipotle and Visa, those ones you want to kind of focus on a little bit more here. First of all, Chipotle up 2%, bottom and top line beat. Same store sales were better. They were able to pass on cost to consumers. They paid those higher prices. And then Visa, better than expected results there as well as the credit card processing and transactions company reports better profits, better sales. It thinks that the resurgence in travel will help in some of those future financial results as well. So keep an eye on Visa, the second biggest contributor by points, Scott, to the Dow so far, adding about 120, 130. I'll send things back to you folks at the Stock Exchange. 
Yep, appreciate that, Dom Chu, very much. Thank you. Uh, Al Kelly, speaking of the Visa CEO exclusive tonight on Mad Money, being rewarded for a, a nice well, quarter. I mean, these are extraordinary numbers. What he did was compare everything three years ago, which is the right way to do it. Him five him up 135 percent. Uh, U.S. plus 144 uh, percent. Big move away the last couple of years. 2019, 59 percent of the world used cash. Now it's only 46. Of course, there it goes to Visa. And uh, this is what I really love. We keep hearing Russia, Russia, Russia. I'll bear you know, Russia is the second largest credit card company, credit card country. And they love, I didn't know that until you they said love that this credit morning cards. on Squawk they love on the like street. And uh, even though Russia's 4%, it didn't matter. Pan up travel really good. They so still did the number. We, we're speaking of payments, and you know, now we go to fintech. PayPal, uh, earnings on deck. Bryn, your patience is wearing thin, you say, as you own PayPal. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big believer that I don't have to make it back the same way I lost it. And last quarter on the call, you know, Dan Schulman said 2022 is going to be about investment and transformation. Well, that never makes me feel great. And on top of that, they reduced their you know, new accounts from 750 million target down to 600 million. And they still have some eBay headwinds. So we'll see what happens this quarter. I don't have any expectations that you're going to have a visa type move. But I think we're in an interesting point right now in the market with so many stocks down. It's like if this is not a good quarter and they have good guidance, I'm going to be a seller of this stock because, hey, I could go into NVIDIA down. I could go into Visa, which do, is doing well. I could go into Coinbase, uh, which is down, and I have much more much more confidence in Brian Armstrong. So to close it out, you don't have to make it back the same way you lost it. So unlike Jim and Jim, I would be a seller of Boeing and look around at other companies that are down, that when the market recovers, they will participate. And I don't want to be in PayPal if it's not going to participate when the market recovers. Stock was 310 52 weeks ago, or at 52-week high. That's excellent analysis. Truly excellent analysis. I got you know, one of the things about the travel trust, I can talk about my wins. By the way, FANG was the biggest one I ever had. I know now it's in disgrace, but I managed to get out of a lot of them. But I, I bought PayPal after speaking with Dan Schulman um, out in San Francisco and uh, 185 saying he felt, basically felt that the problems were in the past. And obviously I listened. And that's on me, by the way. We'll teach people. It's on me. It wasn't on him. I believed. And sometimes it's up to the GM, not the player. All right. All right. There you go. Mixed earnings for GM. Ford is on deck after the bell. Jim, of course, owns that in his charitable trust, which is why we'll get his take coming up. Plus, CNBC celebrating Financial Literacy Month. Here's contributor Noah Kerner on how his summer job as a bank teller helped him learn to manage money. I learned about money when I was 17 years old, and I actually had a job in the summer as a bank teller. And I went through all this training to learn about how to properly serve customers and explain money to customers and help them manage their money. And that educational experience for me was unbelievably important and invaluable. And I actually think if everybody in their teenage years or even before could go through the process of learning how to be a bank teller and learning how to help people with their money, that would make them much more effective at managing their own money. General Motors earnings beat, missed on revenues. Um, I there, liked there's, it. A, there's a stock. You, you said that Mary Barra is being sold short. Yeah, well, I mean, all I wanted to talk about was uh, was raw costs, which, by the way, is what they're going to talk about with Jim Farley. I think he's got almost, you know, two and a half billion, like she did, in commodity problems. But I also think that we're going to look at cadence. I think January was okay, February okay, March good. And if he gives us a look at April, we'll be fine because then we'll get to the F 150 electric. You, you got an exclusive with him tonight? Yes. Farley, as we mentioned, on Mad Money. So we'll look forward to that. And by the way, I have Mattel. I mean, there's like, 
you're not crazy. It's like, did he get a bid? Why don't we just tune in at 6 and find out? Let's do it. Yeah. 6 o'clock tonight. Jim's got the hitters on. Uh, Pete, you're, you're in GM calls, right? Not, not Ford. Yeah. Right. No, I, I've been in Ford in the past. I haven't been there for a while. But, yeah, those GM calls, especially yesterday, Jim, we had three separate buyers of upside. They went to May. They went to June. They went, I think, out to October. And they just were looking for more upside. You know, the size was huge, too. Buying over 10000 at each one of those different uh, strikes in different months. But I'll tell you what, I think this is maybe the time where GM can start making that move. And I like that new EV Corvette that the, Phil was showing everybody the other day. I think that they really are moving into the EV space at the right time. And they're finally getting there. And they're going to have a whole lot of entries into that EV space. I think that's going to be very bullish for General Motors going forward. I love totally. My wife's in the waiting list for the Hummer SUV. Uh, the Hummer is oh, really yeah. no longer the gas guzzler. And I will tell Pete, I say to Pete, this is a coiled spring. If we could get uh, more breath to this rally, Pete, then you know GM can't stay here. It just can't. All right. Qualcomm shares are higher ahead of earnings tonight. It's another stock Jim owns in the trust. We'll give you that trade. Farmer Jim owns it, too. I don't, yeah. know, I don't think Pete does. But we're back right after this. Dow Jones Industrial Average is good for nearly 400 points, 33,627. S&P is above 4,200 again, which has been a key level of support. We broke below it. We're back above it. We'll see if we can hold it into OT later today. NASDAQ, 12,648. That's up 157. Uh, after those good Microsoft earnings, right. of course, we're looking ahead to Facebook. We've got Apple and Amazon. So big names are still to come. Speaking of, Qualcomm is set to report after the bell today. It's down 25% this year. You own it. Right. I like it. It's, I like Telco here for the purposes of saying it's good, that if there's a lockdown that ends, whatever, some numbers will be fine. But more important, they're moving very aggressively into auto. Christian Armand is doing a terrific job, and it's at 11 times earnings. I mean, look, Texas Instruments was able to hold its ground on a so-called miss. I, the, the ones that I've made a mistake on was not selling all the high multiple ones. A low multiple tech is working in this environment, so I like Qualcomm. So then if... Low versus high multiple or higher multiple, Joe, what do you do with an AMD or an, or an NVIDIA? I mean, NVIDIA, it's like a big um, battleground now. Hold, holding both of them, I think, in best in class in terms holding of Holding your uh, nose or holding the stocks? Holding your nose with the stocks or just holding, holding the hold, stocks? Because they've been ugly. Yeah. They've been ugly, they, right? Well, they sure have. Today, have. the last couple of months, but look at these. These are greatest performers of all. You know, these are goats. They're goats. Joe? They have the market share. I'm, they have the market share. These are two companies that I've owned for quite some time. I'm staying with them. Right. I'm enduring a lot of pain in the semis right now. And therefore, I understand what Jim's saying about Qualcomm, Texas Instruments, a name I used to own. I'd love to buy it. But I can't assume any more risk in the semis. No, that's understood. It's a gaming problem. You know, Microsoft last night, got a high single-digit down gaming really scared people. Bryn, you own NVIDIA. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that NVIDIA, I mean, Jensen Wong is a goat. I mean, NVIDIA has been yes, one of the best performing stocks over the last three decades. And when I look at over the next decade of all the important, complicated innovation, NVIDIA from a chip maker sits squarely in all of those important areas. So as I said earlier, I'm going to look if, if I try to if I decide to get out of PayPal, I might be adding to my NVIDIA position. OK, uh, good stuff. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to do final trades next. OT, 
4 o'clock Eastern time. That's three hours from now. And man, are we busy tonight with more earnings. We got Qualcomm, John Ford all over that. Pinterest, Julia Borston. Meta, Julia Borston. Ford, Phil LeBeau. Las Vegas Sands, Contessa Brewer. Mattel, Courtney Reagan, ServiceNow, Seema Modi. PayPal, Kate Rooney. We're all over it. I'm telling you, the numbers are going to break. The stocks are going to move. And we're going to show you exactly what happens and why. Now, what's coming up again tonight? Remind okay, us and give me your got, final trade. Uh, I've got Al Kelly Visa. I've got uh, Enon Kreis from Mattel. And I have Jim Farley from Ford. Let's go back to the first one, Al Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think that Visa was good, uh, you know, we ought to go back to Steve Squeery. Steve Squeery, the CEO of American Express, put up unbelievable numbers. And the stock's down today. I mean, give me a break. Why, they, though? The first thing I thought of... Because the market's of, stupid. We should forget. I mean, look, why did the market send Texas Instruments down six? I don't know. Why is Alphabet down when Ruth Quark delivered a great quarter? Why are people doing stupid things because they're stupid? The first thing I literally thought of when we showed Visa earlier, yeah. and the stock was up big, I'm like, I recalled you saying that day American Express was one of the best yes, quarters. They make and the stock was down. I was they, thinking, why is Visa up service. and AXP's down? Well, but they provide a service at a reason, stock at a reasonable price where they return a lot of capital. And the numbers were amazing, particularly from millennials. Millennials, yes. I remember, the, no, I remember no, you saying no, the no, word Steve for word. Steve Squarey is, is getting shorted today, and so is Mary Barra. And I've had it. Boy, the Boeing. Can you believe that, that Farmer Jim said that they should put a put Gallon's head on it? We're going full circle. I mean, look, the bottom line is he said he was. I don't know where his basis is, and we were talking about that earlier. It was astonishing. So, you know, it's questionable that he said what he did and he is still holding on to the stock, maybe. Unless his basis is much lower. So who knows? Well, we'll, we'll ask him the next anyway, time. Anyway, look, I don't own American Express, but if I now I'm frozen, but I'm, this is a not a there's no layups in this in this particularly hazardous market. But American Express, no one's drawing the conclusion we just did is right. I don't think Calhoun's going to come to Bar San Miguel anytime soon. I'm just saying. No. I'm just saying. No, but you know what? Maybe I'll have a little phosphoro, my mezcal. Yes, congrats on that. My wife's mezcal. I have nothing to do with it. Boy, does she ever not want me anything to do with phosphoro. (laughs) Jim, just stay away. All right. Hey, Bryn. Bryn, final trade. What do you have for us today? Yep. Uh, BHP Billiton. As the world rushes to electrify everything, BHP is a behemoth in copper, nickel, and zinc. Um, it hit its 200-day moving average yesterday. You can trade it from like 65 to 80. It also has a 9% dividend while you wait. So I think it's a good purchase. I'll be buying it later on today. Great. Okay. Great idea. Joe T. Good move today in general. Dynamics, strong earnings. Tomorrow, Northrop Grumman will report. I've owned it for quite some time. I'll tell you, normally, Scott, I'd say buy the strength. If you do get further strength in Northrop Grumman, I'll probably take half the position off cut back a little on the defense sector. Okay, Pete. Yeah, I'm loving copper and Freeport Mac has taken a huge hit to the downside. I think it's time for it to turn around. I just bought some calls as we spoke just in the last five minutes. Up five and a half percent. What do you think of FCX? I, I can't believe the stock was at 40 this morning. I looked at it and said, what the heck? They stopped using copper in China? Give me a break, buy it. <laughs> uh, and but I'm telling you, it's going to be busy uh, after the bell tonight, guys. Just again, Qualcomm, Pinterest, Meta's the big one, but Ford, Sands, Mattel, ServiceNow, PayPal. I will see you then. And I never got to congratulate you for OT, oh, which, is, which is must watch. I watch it while I'm doing my show. We love having you there, and you Thank know you. you're welcome anytime. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older 
like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.